Hello, everybody, and welcome to Golf vs. Golf, the hybrid podcast where we discuss, debate, and analyze everything in the world of golf and disc golf. I'm your host, Charlie Tinsley, and join with me today, Aaron Bellini, and back on the mic, the one and only Anthony Bellini. How you doing today, fellas? Wait, golf club. Golf clap for Anthony, being back. I am back. And y'all both had an eventful weekend, correct? Yes. So, uh, In my defense, I've had some technical difficulties, okay? What? My daughter had a fever. That's not technical, bro. You're right. Physical. <laughs> I, but technically it is. Yeah. No, not really. Nope. Okay. Well, but anyway, you're forget- all is you, forgiven. You have, He's back. Li- you have literally lost your mind. I've always just wanted weeks. to say that statement so well tell us about this past weekend if you listen to last podcast we had chase holland on and he talked that he'd be back for the county championship mcdowell county championship held at the marion lake club he played in it but so did y'all how'd you do fellas i beat anthony did you that's a lie we tied for the weekend well i beat him the first day and And i beat him the second day so he's acting don't don't ever i shot 75 the first day and started out birdie birdie on one and two, and then uh, made a double on five. It was it was a one of those rounds where I was hitting the ball really really good that I could have shot even, pretty legitimately. Right, but I just didn't. Just couldn't couldn't um, come through. Anthony, Anthony struggled a little bit on the front, but he played better on the back. Tell us about your whole seven catastrophe. If you listen once again to last podcast, we specifically talked about how. Chase would take these big old divots out of the whole sevens fairway. Yeah. And you well, played that hole and that, that was ran on, into some trouble. That was that was on, du- no, that, that was, was just on, dumb. That was on Sunday. So I played I started out really good on Sunday. I made par on the first six holes. Had a birdie putt on every hole. Didn't make one. I even had a birdie putt on seven. But so I missed my birdie putt on seven. And how long was the birdie putt? Uh twenty five feet. So Probably shouldn't have made it anyway, but it ran a little bit by, and I had been putting really good, like all weekend. You can ask Aaron. I made a 50-footer for par on the first day, on yeah, number two. Yes, you did. Which shouldn't have made, but I did. So I putted really well. But I hadn't missed a putt all day, so I had a couple par putts that I saved for par on one through six that were 15 feet on Sunday. So I get to seven, and I run the birdie putt about five feet by, maybe, and – have a par putt coming right back up the hill. It's straight in the hole, and I pulled it and missed it. So then I'm mad. Right. Because, you know. You go from birdie to at least bogey. Yeah, I'm making bogey. Yeah. But what i done, I have never done before, and I will never do again. I went up there and turned my putter around and was going to knock it in backwards. And I did, and it come weird off the club, and it hit the lip and lipped out. And rolled right back down to the putt I just had for par. Okay. So now I'm really mad because I'm an idiot. I was, like, unforced errors. Bogey would have been fine. Yeah. Because, and I'll tell you why in a second. But then I put my putter down to smack the ball in the hole and I drag it and hit the ball like two inches. You just kind of lost your composure. Yep. And then I make the next one from about an inch and make eight. Wow. Had a birdie putt on a par five and made eight. So then I threw my ball up in the air and slapped it out of bounds. Which I was playing right behind him, and I seen him do it. After the hole was finished. Though. So then I recover. I'm like, all right, that was dumb. Don't ever do that again. 
So I go to number eight and knock it like seven feet. On a very on a on a very tough pin. It was like seven feet, and I barely missed birdie there, made par. And then I go to nine, which is you know Charlie, it's the dog, dog leg left, left uphill dog. I hit three iron off the tee, had a hundred and sixty eight yards, hit eight iron to four feet, made birdie. Nice. And so I still made the turn at two over after an eight. Wow. But if I just take bogey there, you're even. I'm even par wow. making the turn. So and then who knows. Sky's but the limit. The thing about the Lake Club that day is where they had those pins is if their greens are small anyway on the back, and then if you miss one, I mean, you up and downs are really hard. Right. So, and well, then when you start giving away bogeys and you're not making any birdies, it adds up quick. Well, did y'all beat Chase? No. No. Well. <clears throat> Chase struggled, though, on the first nine. Okay. After I talked to him. Well, anyway – we got a lot to cover today. And we won't even mention my la- – the- I haven't been here since the tournament that me and my head professional played, and we won't even talk about that. No, that's, that's why he hadn't been here. I-, I was keeping up with that score. That that's- was a professional tournament? It or- was, and that's for a different day, different time. Yeah. I cannot rehash all that right now. Those emotions are just hard to bring up at any time. Did you play this weekend? I did. I played with uh, Brandon and my good friend Michael Garner. You talking about – DJ B. Willie, oh, the one yeah. and only. And, DJ B. Uh, Willie is – He's starting to figure out his drive a little bit. He's got into this. Yeah. Well, he hadn't played in about two weeks. We hadn't played since that tournament, so it had been two weeks. But I actually played pretty good. Shot four under at River Run. It's because you're trying to get hydrated from that tournament. Goodness. Yeah, I needed an IV after that. Well, anyway, enough about us. I am excited about our disc golf discussion topic. Now, past two shows, we've had interviews. Had so much fun with interviews with uh, Sarah Nicholson and Chase Holland, and uh, Sarah actually sent us some stuff from Throw Pink, and we'll tell you how to win that here at the end of the, um, end of the show. But um, real quick, before we get into the dis, uh, golf versus golf discussion topic today, I want to give two shout-outs. Number one, shout-out to the Netherlands. The Netherlands? The Netherlands the Dutch. Are, are listening to our podcast like crazy right now. And I uh, appreciate them. If you're a listener over there in the Netherlands, we appreciate you. Tell your friend. Tell your friends about us. And uh, thank you all so much. Also want to give a shout-out to Roman Greer. He texted me the other day and two days ago, and like early in the morning, I guess on his way to work, said, man, really loving the podcast. He ended up listening to all eight episodes. We're on episode nine in two days. So that's about eight wow. hours worth wow. of us talking, which I don't see how he did that. But I appreciate you. Shout out to Roman. Thanks for the support. Thank you, everybody, for the support. We were able to get the podcast on a few other platforms, and the downloads and listens have been coming in. If you're not a follower, please follow. Please like. Please rate us. Uh, we appreciate your support. And, All right. Yeah. Uh, if you're listening from the Netherlands, send us an email. Just yeah. tell us where you're living. Yeah, you know. please. I, here's what we'll do. Have y'all checked the account? I have checked the email. If you are from the Netherlands, if you can't find our Facebook page, Golf versus Golf, then email us at Golf versus VS Disc Golf. So G O L F V S D I S C G O L F at gmail.com. Send us an email where you're at. We'll definitely give you a shout out. And um, I'll, I'll definitely look into your city or part of the country there and see what's going on. So thank you all again. Anybody who wants to can send us an email, by the way. Oh, yeah. And we'll, we'll get into that later. But before anything else, let's talk about this. We were um, two great interviews, but the disc golf discussion topic today between us three 
is something that I had wrote down for a topic to discuss, one of the first ones, because I just, I like this idea, and it is stereotypes. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about golf and disc golf stereotypes. So, and the way we're kind of going to do this is, I, we're not thinking of people specifically. Um, I'm not, when I did it, I'm not thinking of specific names, but things I hear a lot, and I believe there are people that fit these stereotypes. Now, if you're listening to this and you know a stereotype, um, send it in. We'd love to hear it. But Well, for, I'm thinking of names, but I'm not going to say them. Okay. I, I don't really think I am. Maybe one or two, but um, nobody really in particular. But I want to see if any of these translate to the other sport. Because some of mine will, I believe, and some I know will not. So I kinda, that'll be interesting to see and just kind of talk about. So we're going to just list them and then talk about them. So, Anthony, I'll let you go first. I've got a lot. All right. Well, let, just give us one right now. Give I've got us a, one. I've got and, 11. And if we have to do a part two to this show, that'll be good. Well, I'm going to – I want to I do it by the most prominent – is that, the, is that the right word? What is up with you and trying new words lately? Vocabulary. Good vocabulary. No, I'm just saying. Yeah. Prevalent, maybe. Pre- prevalent. The That's technicalities the of the problem. I want to <laughs> try to get it to like the least common oh, to I'm the miss, most common. How I about miss that? having y'all both. Okay. The most common that you've seen. Well, I'm going to start with the least common. Okay. I mean, I'm not, I've got it like 15 for real, okay. but I'm not going to do them all. All right. So, least so com- I'm just going to find one here, and you got um, – I'm going to start with thanks to Holly of himself guy. The thanks he thinks too highly of himself. Yes. Like, like his game or like his outfit and game. Both. Yeah, Everything yeah. about him. Seen those. Got one in my brain right now. I do too. But what I'm saying is, you know, the guy that gets up on the tee and he's like, "Ah, oh, man, a couple weeks ago, I was I was busting at 315, <laughs> and then he like tops it." You know, that guy. Yeah, boy. It, it's funny you say that because, and it's funny that Aaron went straight to the guy who. He looks like it because that's what happens. They think they're great, and I'm not beating anybody up because we could probably fall yeah. under some of these. But not it, but, this one though. But you, you, you know the guy that has everything, the matching. Yes. Maybe Tiger Woods. I don't really know the golf apparel, but then their game's trash. But they don't think it's trash. No, yes. but but no. See, they don't think it's no. They want you to believe that they don't think it's trash. Deep down. They know they garbage. You think you think honestly down. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, they know that. There's, there's no. They know that if literally they can't break a hundred, they know that. Right. But then they shoot. They go out by themselves and they'll shoot seventy five. No, that's funny you mentioned that one because I had one and I didn't put it on the list, but I put it as the think that they are on tour guy. Yeah. That that play <laughs> the game like we'll be in a C tier, which is the lowest level PDGA, and and I mean they're. And I'm all for focus and competing and doing your best. But, I mean, it's like they're on tour with cameras yeah. and thousands of people watching, and they're taking it. And I'm like, and you know, just have fun I'm all good. Me. I'm all good for looking nice, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I look nice. I mean, I'm going to match. You look nice you right now. You do look nice right I'm now. I'm going to match the best I can, especially, like, going to church or play golf. But you know that it's that guy that takes it to another level that walks around with his chest out like, like he's tired, yeah, or the guy that wears the Payne Stewart outfit and he can't hit it a hundred yards with a driver. Yes. Like, can we tell him about how y'all didn't do it as much, but back when we were younger and we played all the time, how sometimes my my attire on the golf course. Oh my gosh! Like, let me, let me tell y'all. Let me tell y'all this story. We had a guy at the Lake Club. I'm not going to say his name, but he was in charge, kind of in charge over there, and uh, 
He would always compliment me and Anthony on how we looked when we walked in. He's like, I'm going to make a dress. I wish everybody would dress like that. Well, Charlie would walk in with us, and he'd be in his collared shirt, you know, because it was it – was, um, the attire you were supposed yeah, to wear like playing a, golf. a cotton one. Yeah. Like not a – yeah. So, number one goes down the fairway and to the right, and then after that you're out of sight. The pro you, shop doesn't see you Right, anymore. until you get yeah. back around to number nine green. On number two tee box, here comes Charlie's shirt off. White t-shirt, that's all he had on, and he would play in a white t-shirt. And I normally have basketball shorts on. Yeah, under. take his blue jeans off and be in basketball shorts and a white t-shirt. I mean, if you can count on the sunshine, and you can count on Charlie's white t-shirt on number two. <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. I was standing up against the man, against the establishment of golf. No, I just wanted to be comfortable. And he w- and that's all it was. He's but like, it added, I cannot wear this shirt. It added 50 yards to my drive yeah. once I took that shirt off. Back to the things to Holly of himself. Uh, so, anyway... That's a good one. I'm going to start mine off, and this one might translate to golf, and this is the first one I have, is the wind guy. The wind. Yeah. Like every shot that he misses <laughs> is because of the wind. I've heard like, the wind. Like, the wind ain't blown in three days. Yeah, the wind ain't blown in three days, and and I really – and I think I'm probably guilty, not of this one, but some on my list, but there's some guys, man, you play with, and it's always the wind's fault. Did you feel the wind kick up on my putt? I mean, it's just – do y'all – I mean, does that translate to the golf world? Uh, not as much, no. No. Because but, it's obvious when the wind's not blowing. Yeah. Or, man, I thought that was a headwind, and it ended up being a tailwind at the pin or something like that. I mean, that – Yes. That, that is that – I know is what a, you're talking about. That is, and it might not be like every hole, but the wind guy. I guarantee you there's some people that you're thinking of, listeners that are thinking of right now, and you might have done it. I think I've probably said blame the wind on a putt before. But I'm it, sure everybody well, I has. mean, but, Now, the wind has probably affected some shots. Let me say what happens with me, though. I feel the wind, and then I overcompensate because of it. And if I would just putt normal, the wind probably wouldn't affect it. Yeah. But because I feel like I have to jam it in or do something special, that's probably where I mess up on the wind. Right, so I got, I got one. Okay, Aaron, your first one. And I've played with many of these people, and I'm probably going to take one of Anthony's, but the ball explorer. The ball explorer. The guy that – He uh, hits it. 400 yards into the woods, and he's going to get it. And does he find it? Hardly ever. See, that's an, that's another one I had is the guy that always finds his ball. So they could actually go D- hand in hand. DJ B. Willie is raising his hand on this Our one. Uncle Dan, son. Now, I would go find a golf ball. I've played with many – honest to the Lord, they're hitting pinnacles off the tee. I Actually, I've played with two in the, in the last two months. Who, If they hit it off the fairway into the woods, they are going – to find it. And if they don't find it, they're bringing a sack full back with them that they found in the can, woods. Can I tell you someone? And it's not that he's a bad golfer, but you're thinking of him too. He just likes finding golf balls. No, I, I know who you're talking that, about, but that's not who I'm talking about. Okay. Should I not say his name? No, I mean, I don't – I'm not going to say his no, name. No, I know who you're talking about, but I'm not. Yeah. I'm talking about guys who take it, you know, that play all the time. Right. That take it pretty serious. And that pinnacle gold, that – or the top flight, twenty five percent golf ball. They're yeah. finding it, and if they don't, they're going. They're going to bring ten or eleven out. When of I first room. started, I would grab range balls, not knowing. Yes, you would. <laughs> you wouldn't supposed hey, to. Hey, I'm telling you, Silver Creek, where I work, there's range balls all over the golf course. Yeah, people will buy them and then they'll go hit them <laughs> in white t-shirts, <laughs> basketball, <laughs> basketball shorts. shorts. All right, Anthony, yours. All next, right, your next one for my golf. next one is one of my favorites, and it's y'all know. I'm sure you've seen somebody do it. It's the Happy Gilmore guy. 
Okay. Elaborate. The guy that always wants to try the Happy Gilmore swing. Oh, the you know run I mean? up. Yeah, yes. yeah, the run up. And they hit about 30 feet behind the ball every time they try it. Yeah, I know y'all have seen somebody I, do I've that. Seen, I've tried it. I've tried it. I've tried Everybody it. Everybody that's played golf's tried that. The happy I mean, Shooter McGavin tried it to get better. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He did. And then he threw his golf club because he couldn't hit it no further. Yeah. <laughs> That yes. feat was accomplished only four hours ago by Happy Gilmore. <laughs> now, have y'all ever met someone who could consistently not consistently hit it good? Now, but if I can do it every now and again, I can hit it a long way. Here's the thing: but it don't I go see, no further. I've seen something not too long. Ago. Well, it's been a while, but they compared a Happy Gilmore pro swing. The same guy done a Happy Gilmore swing, and then he stood there and actually swung. And you know, just by stepping up when he gets to the ball, and he stops. Everything is in the same exact motion. Have you ever seen it? Yes. All the positions in his regular swing are in the same position in his Happy Gilmore swing. Right. He's just running up to the ball. Okay. So, I mean, a lot probably amateurs don't do that. But, yeah, I've seen people hit behind the ball trying to do that. That was a good one. The happy, Shout out to the, Adam Sandler if you're listening, bud. Yeah, I doubt he's listening. All right. So, that's a good one. Um, all right. Here's my second one. And I, I don't know if y'all will understand this, but I call this the my disc didn't flip guy. And so what I mean by that is when you throw a disc, especially like an overstable, y'all know when you throw it and it bells out to the left really quick? Yes. Okay. So there's some discs that are known to be overstable. And you have these guys out there who throw some of these most overstable discs and they just throw it on the bad line and they'll blame it on the fact that it didn't flip. I'm like, I'm like, man, you don't have the arm speed to flip, you know, a destroyer like that. Or you don't have the arm speed to flip a firebird and that which are super overstable discs, and, and they'll blame, ah, oh, it didn't flip up. It didn't flip up. I'm like, you can't make that disc flip up. Unless you float, you know, throw it on a severe ante, it's not going to hit that line. Um, I might have been guilty of this before, uh, where I say, man, it didn't flip like I should. Um, but there's some guys I feel like every shot, oh, my disc didn't flip up. I'm like, no, you're not throwing a good shot. <laughs> you're not throwing a good shot. Or you need a more understable disc. You need a more. So more what do I do when I throw it? Huh? Like what? I, I turn it over, right? You you throw it nose up. That's your problem. No. No. Oh, when you throw, yeah, you you flex it. You you okay, turn your so wrist over. So that's what you're talking about, Annie. No, I'm talking about they throw it and the disc won't flip. Like, if like you, it won't go back left. You know how the disc will go from this angle to a flat. Oh angle yeah, yeah, I got back. you. Yeah, yeah, okay. And like if they, it's just they're throwing the wrong line. So it the it didn't flip, guy. And my disc golfers know exactly what I'm talking about. All right, next one for me, uh, the warm-up routine guy. Okay. On every single shot. That That's me. No. And we played it, We played with one at the beach, and he cannot pull the trigger. It's just like a mental thing. But it, And it's the exact same routine every single time. And it takes like 10 minutes. Dude, you could have people – you could have six groups on the tee behind him, and he's doing his routine. Absolutely doing it, and shoots mid eighties. Yeah, like that. That and I'm me and Anthony, and most of the people we play with are on go golfers. Right. Somebody makes a birdie, it don't matter if you're ready, hit it. Right. Get up on the tee and hit it. Let's move. Yeah. This this guy, gosh, he, he's probably retired. No, he's not. No, he's okay. not. <laughs> he's not. It was 
I mean, it's brutal yeah. when you're playing with somebody it, like that and you're a fast golfer. I would say you definitely have some of those in disc golf too. Um, Anthony, what do you got next? Man, I got some good ones. <laughs> Let me hear. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna save the other two. Okay, I've got the borrower guy. The borrower. Now this is Charlie, the guy that has absolutely nothing. No nope. golf. Bo- that nope. is me. He has no golf, On the balls. golf course. He has no tees. He has absolutely nothing. Drew Price. My <laughs> sorry. I leave my wedge <laughs> somewhere. Yes, and I've played with people. Hey man, you got a tee? I'm like, yeah, I do. They sell them for a dollar in the pro yeah. shop. You should have <laughs> bought some. Oh man, I don't have a ball marker. You got a, you got a quarter? I'm like, man, <laughs> dude, dude. After you bought those tees with that dollar. You know, or that two dollars, and you get seventy five cent back. You can use one of those quarters to mark your ball. Hey, dude, you got you got a golf bag? I don't have one. I'm like, are you kidding? <laughs> I just need to borrow someone's golf game. Did back, you bring if anything? Got, if I could do that. Now, I will say, Drew did bring some golf balls. Sorry, I'd throw you under the bus. Speaking there. of Drew Price, yeah, brother. my brother. Okay, I can talk about him, but yeah, he. But the last tournament we played in, he used all my clubs. He okay. did bring his own golf balls though. So. Nice. Okay, I got my next one, and this will probably. This guy, this stereotype, I think does translate, but I call it the disc announcer guy. So, for example, if it's a 350-foot shot, he's going to tell everybody, ah, I guess I'll throw my putter. I, I, Even though it's really hard, he, he's, go, he's saying it to say, I know it's a long shot, but I can get my putter there. Yes. Um, you know what I'm saying? And I guess this would be in golf. Uh, okay, it's 200 out, but I can use my nine iron. Yeah. I get my nine <laughs> iron there. Or something, you know, something extreme. Yeah. But l- let me tell you something. If it's a long shot, and some of these guys, they're going to tell you, oh, I, I, I'm throwing my putt. You know here. what we call it in golf? We call it club proud. Yeah. Club proud. Yeah. Like, they know good and well they can't hit eight iron 210 yards. <laughs> and they don't care They don't care if they make double bogey, and they leave it 100 yards short. Right. They're hitting eight iron. Well, so here's what I think happens in disc golf. I think – Sometimes they do hit it right, and they get it there once. And yeah. in their mind, I can get my putter 350, yeah. or I can get my putter. And I'm like, they throw it 200. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're, they're short. And um, I, don't, I really don't think I have a problem with this, personally. I, I think I, I know my to, limits. Maybe when I was younger. I used to care. Yeah. Like, if somebody hit 7-iron, I'd be like, well, I can get 7-iron there. Yeah. But now I don't care. Like no, I just want to hit it on the ground. And I'll say that Anthony, Anthony is at least a club longer than me with irons. Right. But so if he hits seven iron, I'm hitting six. Aaron doesn't care. He's Maybe. like, "What are you hitting?" I'm like, seven Because he knows. Because I beat him the other day, and it don't matter how you get to the green. I beat you the second day. I get that. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, quit saying. I'm it. just saying. You act like you beat me by twelve. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying. I he would have beat me if he went to triple eighteen. What I'm saying anyway. is, I beat you. <laughs> <laughs> but no, if you hit seven iron, I know I at least need to hit six and maybe sometimes five. Yeah, I'm about two, three clubs longer than Aaron. <laughs> but I beat you. Okay. I'm about I'm about eight discs above y'all. <laughs> yeah, you definitely. You, are. Yeah. All right, and now I I just thought of this one, and I don't really know what to name it, but it's it's the guy who is never positive. Like, oh, like there's one on the, the pessimist guy. Yeah, there's yeah. one on the line. Oh, that's gone. That's out of bounds. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, give me a break. I'm can, thinking of somebody it right can now. Literally, it could literally hit a tree and bounce right back into the middle of the fairway, and you're like, nope, that's out of bounds. You need to retee. They're like, nope, or, that's or, deep. That's they, deep. Are they, they're the same way about their shot. 
because I played with guys that are good talents, and in a tournament, their second they miss a putt, and like it gets in their head, and they're done. Oh yeah, and there's a guy that I've played with before that he hits it on the line, and it it you know it's close, and he's like, well, if you're gonna go, you better get deep in there, you know, like how about off off the tree, maybe a, a good break. I got a yeah. quick, I got a quick story about that exact thing. We was playing. I think it was the club championship, maybe, and. Me and Jim Bob is playing with two other people that I will not name. So we're on 15 at Silver Creek. And I, I know y'all know that I'm above the hole. And for you that don't know it, it is severely sloped from back to front. Three tiered also. So, and I'm right in the middle tier and the pin's on the front. So it's the fastest putt on the golf course, probably. And I hit it <laughs> and it's unbelievable. I left it short. Wow. All right. That's talent. Which which usually never happens. And this guy says, oh, you should have hit that harder. I'm like, <laughs> no. <laughs> you hit that any harder, and it's probably off the green. Yeah. It's that guy. And then you hit one on the line out of bounds, just like Aaron said. Oh, that's deep. That's out. <laughs> I'm like, can you just, like, say it's not? Now, on the, on the opposite – Spectrum of that though, there's the guy that we all know yes. that is super positive. Yes, <laughs> like that's. Oh, the, I'm the, laughing because like, I know. Like good shot. It's in the trees. Yeah, but did you see how it went through those trees? <laughs> I'm like, all right. He goes, man, I hit it out of bounds, but you hit it a long ways. <laughs> yes, I know that guy. Oh man, but but now the, I love that person though. Yeah, like maybe, I'd, rather, maybe I'd rather be with that person. Absolutely. Maybe there's a chance. You know, I know there's no chance, but if he's, you know, at least he's making me feel good about myself. So. <laughs> oh, gracious. That's funny. All right. Now, I will say I probably get, and I was trying to, and I was going to ask you all this question, and I'll interrupt, but if there was a stereotype that I am, I feel like I am, I feel like I go into every round positive. And, I, and I'm normally in a good mood, even if I'm not playing great. If I'm playing good or just a little b- below average, I'm in a decent mood. But as soon as I start trash, I get quiet. And I don't get mad. I mean, I get mad, but I'm just quiet. I go quiet. And I'm normally a talker, but I'm kind of the, I guess you could say, the moody guy when he's playing really bad. I used to be. I, I am. And I hate, th- I hate that about me because I like talking to people and I'm very extroverted. But, like, when I'm playing really bad, I just well, – I, I mean, I get there. quieter than normal, I would think. Yeah. I don't really know because I don't pay attention to myself that much. But You don't really. I mean, you do get – and I do too. But used to, like, you would think one bogey would ruin your whole round. Yeah. Now you know. Now you're like, dude, just make birdies. Yeah, you're good enough. We're, and we're not great, but we're good enough to know that if we can make one or two more birdies, yeah. we'll be fine. All right, Anthony, no, next one for you. Me, no, it's it? not. You just had that one. Huh? Remember, you're pessimistic guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's Anthony. Go ahead. Oh, so you skipped it. So Charlie. this guy is, and everybody's played with him, probably in disc golf too, is the rules guy. Okay. Everything, like an example. And they're generally not great, but they know the rules. They know the rules like they've got a book in their golf bag. <laughs> or it's in their head one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's two people in particular I'm thinking about, and I will not say their names. But um, one of this this guy in a tournament we had at the golf course, he literally got down on his hands and knees to make sure that the guy teeing the ball up was behind the tee marker. Wow. Wow. That's pretty intense. Shout out, Smiley. <laughs> With Smiley, I don't know if he listens to this, but 
He's the one that Smi- got Smiley knows. Smiley knows who I'm talking about. Wow. So and you got that. Yeah. You know. No, that, that there's definitely the rule guy, and I've been on it. I don't know if you've ever been on a card, and I'm thinking of one particular moment where two there was two rule guys, and then there was controversy on the rule. Yeah. And it was it was intense. Like I was like, gosh, just chill. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm like, it ain't that big of a deal. But uh, one of them had to be right about the rule. All right, here here's mine, and I only got two more. This is the other day guy oh my goodness and if y'all know what i'm talking about either i think i said that earlier too either the guy who talks about when he was in his 20s or the guy who says man the other day or back in the day the other day i hit i hit within two feet of this or used to hit five wood right over those trees right there with a little bit of draw (laughs) yeah the other day guy the the glory that living in his glory days maybe not even that but just (laughs) oh a lot of inside jokes going on here but but the guy who, you know, when you step up to the hole, he's going to tell you about how he about aced it or he about got in a hole in one the other day. So, I've got a guy like that. I know one right, yeah. right now. So, now, look, I'm not saying there's anything bad. That's good conversation. I like to hear about it sometimes. Yeah, but sometimes it's exaggerated. Some, but when it's every hole and it's a little bit, you think it's a little bit yeah. exaggerated, there you go. All right, now, I'm guilty of that every now yeah, and Yeah, I again, think though. I am too. I don't have any more. Yeah, all right, Anthony. I've got like twenty. All right, but I'm, I've we'll, only got one more. We'll so. just stick with one more because. Yeah. Uh, so um, let me go with the talker guy, mm. the guy that will not shut his mouth. Um, that's me at times. I know people, and my friend Jim Bob that I play the most golf with. We know people, man. If and it's one person, or actually two in particular, like when they're hitting, we're dead quiet. We right. don't say nothing. And then when we get up to hit, it's like an Avon convention back there. Like they are absolutely what? yapping. A metaphor. <laughs> like shut up. We're trying to hit, and and it doesn't it doesn't usually bother me, but when it's every single time, yeah. Or and and I'm the person. I don't care. You could talk the whole time I'm hitting, as long as it's not like sudden interruption. Right. Like when I'm in my backswing, don't start talking. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that will throw me off. But if you're steady talking, I don't care. But Everybody knows that guy that will just, you know, he wants respect, but then when you're hitting, he's like, he won't shut up. Like, yeah. dude. I got you. Which now a big thing is music. Everybody plays music. Yeah, I, and I don't mind music as long as it's not, like, excessively loud, but, I mean, that's the whole thing. It's, yeah, I mean, and it's, it's a steady yeah, sound. it's a constant noise, which is fine. My last one, and I don't know if maybe in golf it can kind of translate, but I call it the disc collector guy. If there's a new disc that drops, oh, yeah. he's the first one to have it. He's throwing it on half the holes. Mm-hmm. He he has it. Now, I will say this. Generally, they're not – these people are not great. And I say that because the really good disc golfers have discs that they've had for a while and they've learned the disc and they mm-hmm. know and they don't put it in their bag until they're very, you know, well acquainted with the disc and the flight. Some people, they get a new – and I'm guilty of this. I can think of two occasions – I don't really rely on it, but I just like having it. Good conversation piece, but they're going to have every disc when it comes out, and they're going to be throwing it. And uh, not saying it's a bad thing, but those guys exist, and you know who you are. Yes. Do you have guys that are maybe like the new clubs? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know people, I mean, as soon as they come out, they got them. Don't you? I mean, but don't you see the... uh, It's people that are trying to buy a game. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or just to say... I've got the new stealth. 
Yeah, or I'm something at, like that. When I first started, I was like that. But now that I played a while, I have my disc. I know what my discs do, and I only get new disc when I've lost one of my old favorites. Now I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I like to have new stuff too. Yeah, but I I'm bought, talking about putting it in your bag, throwing it. Well, yeah, over. I bought some irons a couple weeks ago or a month ago now, and I bought them and they got there and I never hit them and I sold them because I was like, man, I've done got used to how far I hit these and I don't want to go through all that again. Yeah, and I've had my irons for three years now, close to, or almost four. Well, that doesn't, unless y'all have any more, Aaron Anthony. I mean, the, I've got a lot, but we won't get into Here's it. what I want to do. Please email Facebook messages on this. We're going to send this episode out. And if you have any stereotypes that we didn't mention that you think are uh, that are very legitimate, please send them to us. And we will talk about them. We will talk about them. We need to talk about the golf right quick, though. Yeah, we, we're going to move in the tournament talk. There has been a lot to unload in the disc golf world, even though there wasn't a tournament this past week. or Excuse me, there wasn't an um, Elite Series um, tournament. There was a Silver Series, the Mid-Atlantic Open, won by Alden Harris. However, there was no you know big, huge um, disc golf pro tour. But they are gearing up for one of the biggest ones this coming weekend called Ledgestone in Eureka, Illinois, and I'm excited about that. Um, real quick, before we get into what did happen in disc golf, because there actually was a tournament. It wasn't a disc golf pro tour, but there was a big tournament that happened all over the world that I want to talk about. What happened in golf? So, this past weekend was the last weekend of the regular season for the PGA Tour. So, how it works is they keep points all year. It's called the FedEx Points. The, what they go for is the FedEx Cup. I'm sure everybody's heard of that. Right. So the top 125 in points advance to the playoffs. Right. So um, last year, which this has nothing to do with it, but the defending champion this year was Kevin Kisner. So anyway, it doesn't matter. So it, it's played in Greensboro at Sedgefield Country Club. There was um, – Ricky Fowler was right on the line. Oh, I like Ricky. Like well, he was like one twenty seven, and a couple people for some reason withdrew from the playoffs. Is is the way I read it, and I, and I could be wrong about that. But the big story is, um, I, I'm not even I can't even pronounce the guy's first name. They ca- they call him Tom, right? But his Kim Ju Hung or something like that. So okay. They call him Tom Kim. Okay. Because nobody wants to say that, I guess, but. He's 20 years old, and he he won the golf tournament on Sunday. He shot 61. Wow! Like he a had, scorcher of a round. I was watching it, and he was on 16. And if he birdied 17 and 18, obviously he shoots 59 to win the golf tournament. Right. Which is there's only a handful of people that's ever shot 59. Right. But he went par par, and he made you know he shot 61 still. But what's crazy about it is he's 20. And it earned him his PGA Tour card for next year. And what's what the crazy thing is, there's a guy, his name is Matt Wallace, and he was number 125, okay? Yeah. So, he's thinking he's in the FedEx. Yeah. The kid wins, and it knocks Matt Wallace out. Oh, wow. Like Twenty six. And Ricky Fowler's in. Ricky Fowler got in, too. But I, I'm not sure how uh, – I don't know how many tournaments this kid had played – up to this, and I don't know how many points he had, 
but it advanced him and kicked Matt Wallace out. So you're sitting there thinking, you know, you're right on the bubble. So he's obviously in the back of his mind thinking, you know, I could not make it. But then when the kid won the tournament, he got kicked out. And another wow. thing is about the live stuff. If they 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 fought, they filed a lawsuit against them. PGA Tour did. No, the live players, some of them filed a lawsuit against the PGA Tour to play because they want to play in the FedEx playoffs. Wow. Because some of them some, some of them are in the uh, – they're still in the top points. Yeah. So, if they – Judge denied it. If they do – did he already deny it? Oh, yeah. Okay, well, I was going to say if they do – Get to play. What are they going to do now? Because they've already got 125 spots. So Davis Love, Davis Love said that if the PGA Tour lets the live guys come back to play the PGA Tour, that the PGA Tour guys are going to boycott and they're not playing. Yeah, I mean, I would. I think if I'm if I'm staying faithful to the PGA and I'm not going and I'm denying that much money. Yeah, like if I'm saying no to that much money because I want to keep my PGA, and then you're just gonna let them back in. That would be upset about yeah. that. Yeah, and Davis Love is actually he's the he's the Ryder Cup captain for, and Henrik Stenson already got his revoked because he went to live live tour. Wow. And they now did I hear someone else went to the live tour? Smith. No, he did not. That is fake, fake news. Is it? He he said that Scott Piercy said that Cam Smith's going. What Cam Smith in an interview said. I'll tell you this. Cam Smith will tell you when he, if and if and when he decides to go to the live tour, not Scott Piercy. Wow. So I'm wondering, after the FedEx Cup. There's a chance. I'm pretty sure he's already been offered the money. Yeah. Like a hundred million dollars. But he has not took it to my knowledge. There's a lot of stuff that's saying that he has. I have not confirmed that through anything. So it's out there, it's a rumor. Here's what I'm interested in. After the FedEx Cup, after the season's over. Who then goes to the live tour? That's, I mean, that's a good question. That is a good question because that is right. And Cam Smith said that he is finishing out the the playoffs. Yeah, and then he'll make his own life's decisions after that. But I don't know, man. I just don't understand. I don't. I don't. I don't understand at twenty, however old they are, how they can deny that all that money for as long as live tour is offering it. Because Cam Smith's got more money, whoever spent. Yeah, but you live. I don't within, know. But you live within your means. We're not starting this again. But I'm saying he because you've not been there. I understand that. Yes, but I'm saying, like, obviously Tiger's different than anybody. Well, oh, yeah. Ti- well, that that's the, that was my point. Yeah, but Phil Tiger went. just he declined seven hundred to eight hundred million dollars is what the report said. I saw a I saw an interview with Greg Norman. And Greg Norman said this was before he was a CEO, but that was some he he confirmed. Tiger That's does what he not said no need to. money. But Tiger is different because oh, Tiger's he, the, the highest paid athlete of all time. Yeah, so, Tiger's different for sure. Tiger's different, but I just feel like you throw that at but, others. But Cam Smith and them guys, they don't need money either. The top guys like that don't need money. I think they now, want I'm it. Not, I'm not we, saying that they don't want we're not Listen, I'm not again. saying they don't want money. I'm saying they don't need it. I think you have the tradition of winning PGA Tour events would be the biggest thing for them instead of going to the live tour and not really getting as much recognition. That's what I'm saying though. I'm, know, I'm not recognition saying maybe. Recognition, I'm not yeah. saying that they don't want money. I'm saying they don't need it. Cam Smith don't need money. Yeah, because it's here's here's my thing and I've been thinking about it. At the end of their career, 
if they go to the live tour, you know, at this point, if they're eligible for majors, they can still play in them. But at some point, they're not going to. Did y'all see the story where John Daly was begging? You're just going to change it up on yes. Me? Let him finish. Let him finish. Sorry. I want to hear where you're going with this. No, I'm. I'm just saying at some point when the live ends up saying you cannot play in majors, then they have to make a decision. Do I want to be remembered for going to the live tour and winning a few tournaments or winning the possibility of winning five or seven majors? Yeah, I get it. I get it. So whatever they want to be remembered for. Now go ahead with your John Daly story. Did you know that John there's he begged a, him. Now I don't know if it's a rumor or not, but they, it's going around everywhere that John Daly begged Greg Norman to play live golf. Like so, begged him. Have you seen the memes going around with yes. Tiger and oh, John Daly? That's the greatest thing. That is that is my favorite meme right now. It has Tiger Wood very well dressed, John Daly <laughs> well, well dressed in his own means loud mouth. no just crazy you know colorful loud outfit with a cigarette and it, and then it'll say something like you know expectations versus reality right. on, on, and it's great it's it is they're greg funny. norman told john daly's too old so wow but he's not no older than tiger which he's not tiger yeah, so it's different tiger. he's not tiger but john daly could compete well fedex cup's coming up and golf is that this weekend? I love the FedEx. The cup. first first rounds this weekend. All right, well, we'll be paying attention love to that. We'll be commentating cup. on that real quick. Wait, real fast. Any predictions to who wins the FedEx Cup? Really fast. Scotty Scheffler, Tony Fee. Now he's hot, right? Yeah. Look up the top ten real fast. Scheffler's number one. Cam Smith's probably close. He's probably number two. Rory's probably three or four. Oh, don't look Patrick, it up. Anthony knows. Patrick Cantlay's top ten. Sandra Shoffley's top ten. I know. Son. Okay, yeah. One Scheffler, two Smith, three Sam Burns, four Sandra Shoffley, five Patrick Cantlay, six Rory, seven Tony Finau, eight Justin Thomas, nine Cameron Young, and ten is Sungay I'm here's Sungay M. Okay. Here's the thing. I'm going out on a limb right now. You've heard it first on the golf versus disc golf podcast. I'm gonna say that somebody out of the top ten wins the FedEx Cup. Now okay, I, so notables I, out of the top ten. Okay. Out of the top ten. Uh, Hideki Mats, Matsuyama, I guess. Matsuyama. Will Saltoris. These are just the ones I know. I think I know Max Homa. I know Jordan Spieth, John Rahm, Billy Horschel, Victor Hovland. These are the ones I know. Now, I don't know. I'm not going to say a name, but I'm I'm just predicting that somebody out of Let's, the top ten is going to win the first tournament. Get, give, me, give me within five. So what place? And I'm going to screenshot this, and I'll tell you who who's in that. What? I, I don't understand your. So question. from place 11 to 16, or from place 17 to 18, 19, 20, 20. So we're going at the start right now. I'm yeah. not Because if they win, if they win next week, then they're going to be in the top 10. I'm talking the people that are outside the top 10 right now ends up moving into the winning position because the first five. Make their they you know they control their own destiny. Okay, so if they it switches win, up. If they win the tour championship, then they win the FedEx Cup. Do this though. Pick a number. Pick a number outside the top ten. I'll tell you who it is. Um, nineteen. Victor Hovland. He's got a good chance. Anthony, give me one. Give me a number. Twenty-two. Twenty-two is J.T. Poston. That's the local guy. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah. No chance. He's not going to win. And I'll do twelve. I did not look. 12 is Will Zalatoris. Yeah, He's got a chance. It's a long shot. <clears throat> all right. Well, you heard it here. I mean, all they got to do is get hot. Tony Finau is hot. He won the last I two. I said Finau. I'm going with Finau, actually. You just so, said. Uh, nope. 
I don't. I get. I get advantage because I'm not. I don't follow. I'm gonna. Game. Let's. I'm gonna. Let's do legit. Okay, that's our random picks. Who'd we? I had Will Salatoris for my random. Who did you have? Victor Hovland, and you had JT Poston. Yeah. Okay. Now for real, I'm picking Tony Fee now. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Roy. Anthony Scotty Scheffler. Going with the number one seed. I Never like a it. bad pick. I mean, he's number one in the Scotty world. Scotty Scheffler. I feel like John Rom. He he was like fifteen or something. Oh. John right. struggled this year a little bit. All right, let's let's move on. We've we've only got a few more minutes. And and I mean, you can't throw Cam Smith out either. The no, dude just won the no, open. Absolutely not. So real quick, in the disc golf world, there was no disc golf pro tour. There was a silver series, but there was something very cool happened, and I believe it set records. And it was the global and I and I might mess up the name, but it was the global women's tournament. The global. Women's challenge. Hold on, let me see if I can find this, uh, find the actual name. But it, the way it works, I'll get you the actual name. Do we um, need DJ B. Willie to play something while you're looking? No, you go. I, I'm telling you how this works. Women all across the world play disc golf on the same day, and they what? have and they're playing. Okay, it's called the 2022 PDGA Women's Global Event. And so the way it works is on August the 6th and the 7th, women from all around the world will play two rounds of disc golf at their local course. So you've got to log it in the U-Disc. It's got to be through the PDGA, all that. And what will happen is all across the world, these women will compete, and whoever shoots the highest average rating round wins that division. Y'all, y'all get what I'm saying? Yes. So if someone were – if a woman were to shoot nine 900 – and 950, 925 was their event rating. Does Got that make sense, yeah. Aaron? Yes. So they had that. Um, guess who won the female pro 40 and over? Sarah Cunningham. Sarah Cunningham. Shout out Sarah Cunningham. Sarah Cunningham. Shout guess who out. came in third in the Pro Masters Women 40? Sarah Nicholson. Sarah Nicholson. Wow. Yes. That Now listen to this. I feel, we feel important. Sarah Cunningham – Wins. Now listen to that. She played in Charlotte. Her and Sarah Nicholson both played at the event in Charlotte. And Sarah shot an average 972.1 rating. If she would have just played in female open, she would have came in second place by a tenth of a point. The winner was 97.2.2. Wow. Sarah Cunningham shot a 97.2.1. I was texting with her today. I said – Sarah, you're killing it. She needs to get back on tour. She's killing it. I, or get on tour. I know she's a teacher. I know she's got kids. But, man, I'd love to see her play in some of those big events. And Sarah Nicholson holding her own 947 average rating. She's killing it as well. Well done. The point of the story – and Chase Holland beat these two. The point of the story is if you come <laughs> onto our podcast – you do well your next tournament. Chase, We're going to start sponsoring players. I promise you, Chase can beat us all the time. Yep. Well, he ain't played me yet, so. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> you so, could probably beat awesome Chase here. in disc golf. Yeah, probably could take him there. Um, anyway, last line of business. Y'all saw the video of Nico LaCastro getting in that ref's face, correct? Mm-hmm. PDGA came out this week. Guess what the penalty is? They suspended his high end. Nine months. Mm. Nine months suspension. Now Has he I, reacted to it? I, I, I have not seen it because it's just pretty fresh. However, I think he can appeal. But let's talk about it. Y'all saw the video. Is that worth nine months? I don't. I, I personally think it's, I think it's harsh. 
I think it's harsh, and I think it is the PDA, PDGA just saying, we're not going to tolerate yeah, it. Yeah. But I that mean, is tough, man. I see both sides. That, that is that his is living, tough, yeah. and you remember these guys do not make near as much as – that's his livelihood. Like, I feel bad for the fella. He better take up ball golf. And I, I, and I guarantee you appeal. But then Paul McBeth comes on his Instagram on social media, and, he te- and, he, and he's making this, I agree that it might be too harsh of a suspension. I really do. I think it's too harsh. She did get up in his face. Y'all saw the video. But, but I promise you nobody will do it again. This is what Paul McBeth said. And I, and, I, and I have a problem with part of this. And I agree with the overall point of the suspension's too harsh. Here's what he says. Nine months for a first-time offender, which I don't think Nico is a first-time offender, but maybe the first time where the PDGA has to make a ruling on mm-hmm. it is what he's talking about. I understand the situation could have been handled differently, but to claim intimidation as the offense seems off to me. The official doesn't step back like someone who, who's intimidated. He also stares the player down instead of trying to defuse the situation. Professional officials should know that players' stress levels elevated while competing in all sports, so why in instigate the issue. I hope Nico Lacrasso appeals the situation from what I saw a class C at most. I don't agree with the last now, part. Now listen, then he goes on and, and, and he tries to clarify, but he still he here's what I'm having a problem with. He's acting like that Nico has the right to do that. He which he's a player, so he's from a player's in no world, if you watch the video and what we've seen, is the official at any fault. No. And you know why Nico's mad? Because there's no other official that stands up to him. Yeah. And finally, you have an official that has the guts to call him on it. And he was not, I don't, it's number one, it's not the official's job to defuse this. No, it's not. Nico's a grown man. Yeah. Yeah, you should control your emotions. NBA players, NBA players, if they try to intimidate a ref, they get in trouble. It's not the ref's job to make sure that they feel good. Right. It's not the official's job to make sure, oh, I hope his feelings aren't hurt. Oh, if and in the video, I don't know what Paul's talking about. The rep takes a step away, which he kind of swallows his pride because he was bigger than Nico. I, I I'm not saying I'm a hot shot. I don't know how I would do if a man came into my face like that. Well, no. officials are there to officiate. There that's that the was, only that it's not his too. job to d- defuse the situation. No. It's his job to call the rules of the game, which he did. Nico's upset because nobody's done it. This guy has the guts to do what he's supposed to do. And now we have we have this, I think, egregious comment against the official. No way in my mind is that official at any point. DJ point. B. Willie, go get a hose. Charlie's on fire in here. Like, listen, he is burning listen, hot right now. If And look, I understand Paul McBeth, greatest of all time. His opinion means more than most. Just about anybody, but but he's wrong. He had other players kind of call him out. I'll tell this. him he's wrong. Yeah, I'm, I don't, I don't I mean, agree with that at all. I just do not agree. Now, now, yes, he's going to take the side of the player. He's going to come out with this, but this guy had the guts to call him, and he Nico got in his face. Mm-hmm. He took a step back, and then Nico returned to him. Yeah. Now, as far as the evidence, now listen to me. Evidence might come out. Well, he did this. He said that. What I saw, what I heard. If I remember, no, no if, fault. If I remember right, Nico told him to get out of his face, and he's the one that was in his face, and then and he got the out official of his backed face. up, and then he went back up in his face and, and said, "Get out of my face." Yes, 
Like, if you want him out of your face, stop stepping up in his face. Yeah, I don't. don't, You know what would happen in Nebo if you done that? You get decked (laughs) right in your face. He is there to officiate. He is the authority at that moment. Nico did wrong. With all that being said. I do think nine months is too harsh. Yeah, I agree. But I, I agree with Paul completely that that might be too much. But then I agree again that that if they set that precedent, precedent, yes, then nobody else is going to do yeah, that. I kind of agree too. But again, you're a grown man, control your emotions. Yep. And I'm not saying that I can all the time. And you know, he's you know what he's a known hothead anyway. But here's the you deal: you will go outside and you will pick those flowers with two hands. <laughs> <laughs> here's the deal. Kids are watching. People are watching. It wasn't the official's fault. It was Nico's fault. Nico's at blame. No, don't blame. Is the, the punishment maybe a little too harsh? Yeah, probably. But it's not the official's fault. I agreed. I agree because I said it. It was my opinion. So anyway, if you don't like that, email us. Tell us what you think on it. Um, last thing, we have a giveaway. Huge thank you again to Throw Pink, um, Sarah Nicholson. Um, she she. Gave us a lot to give away. A couple of discs, some towels, some gift cards, all this stuff. Gift so, cards? Yeah. So I don't Which know. Which we posted on our Facebook. We did. You can see it on our Facebook page. And if you want to take part in the um, get, if you want to get in the giveaway to participate in maybe winning Charlie, this, you're struggling, I'm bud. struggling Try with this. Again. I'm sorry. If you want to participate, he is here's, fired what up, son. <laughs> here's what you have to do you have to like It's this simple. You have to like the Facebook post with episode, what will this be, episode nine? Yes. All you have to do is like it. If you like the Facebook post that we put out, if you cannot find the Facebook page, we're working on getting that connected with Podbean and stuff. But if you cannot find it, email and just email us your name and throw pink. And we will enter you in for the drawing. We'll have a drawing next episode and we will mail or do whatever we need to to get you these discs and get this to you. And, gentlemen, I believe that's it for tonight. I think that's all for Charlie, me. let me ask you a question. Are you okay? I'm fine. Are you going to sleep okay? Yeah. Okay, you was getting fired up. Yeah. Though. You was about to stand up, I thought. No, I'm not standing up. I'm not standing up. And I act he big. Almost I was, act big, but if Paul McBeth was here, I probably would Hey, y'all don't that. even know how close but he was. But as soon as he left, I'd say it again. <laughs> y'all don't know how close he was to being in his white T-shirt in here. I was white right T-shirt, here. ball shorts. I was almost on hole two. All right. Is that it, fellas? That's it. All right. Well, thank y'all for joining us. Enter in by liking the Facebook post or email us. Thanks, Netherlands. Until next time, whether it's throwing a disc or swinging a club, go play some golf. We're out. We're out.